Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. From Emmy-nominated filmmaker Joanna Rudnick and Chicago's Carnum Quinn films comes a story about challenging norms and redefining beauty on beauty follows fashion photographer rick gudati who left the fashion world when he grew frustrated with having to work within the restrictive parameters of the industry's standards of beauty after a chance encounter with a young woman who had a genetic condition of albinism rick refocused his lens on those too often relegated to the shadow's to change the way we see and experience beauty. We're joined today by the producer and the director of this wonderful new documentary on beauty, and that would be Joanna Rudnick. Joanna, welcome to Film School. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Well, and this is a really wonderful film, and for a lot of reasons. Um, It's well done. It's it's shot well. The interviews are terrific. You travel the world with Rick to, to essentially show us what what real beauty is and what it's all about but it's also the message i mean i it's obviously and i think most of this film rightfully is directed in 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 a way towards our perception of beauty as it relates to women and i think there's something about empowerment dynamics that work for and against women in this in when it comes to this topic so tell tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about your involvement, what drew you to this subject, and 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 your meeting Rick. What what uh, what was that all about? Sure, thank you. Uh, so I had made a film called In the Family, which was a very personal film, and was a first film for me. It was a feature length film, and it was my story of finding out that I had the BRCA mutation, which most people know about now because of Angelina Jolie, the hereditary breast and ovarian cancer mutation, and I was on the road screening that film and ran into Rick Gudati at the Genetic Alliance Conference, which is a gathering of groups of many people of genetic conditions, and just by chance was walking by some of his photographs and was completely arrested and stopped and uh, started to look at them closer, and they were pictures of mainly children um, and uh, who had many different um, genetic conditions that were visible, unlike the story that I had just told about my very hidden genetic condition, BRCA, you know, hereditary breast and American cancer, which you couldn't see, yet I was struggling and really felt a great deal of stigma. Um, I had seen something that was so incredible. I, you know, pe- people who um, really had to go through life not being able to, there was no shield, and were very much, you know, every day looked at for um, what made them different, but Rick had just eliminated that, and they were just pictures of childhood. They were children. There was no disease there at all, and I thought, I've got to find this guy, and he was literally on his way to Africa, I think, or <laughs> running out the door somewhere, and I just stopped him and, and, and told him what I, what I thought, and then we ran into each other again a few months later, and then I just said, I need to make a documentary about you. And, and bringing us together yeah, in that so, wonderful, kismet way. So, Rick uh, Gyadi, uh, Gyadi, pardon me. Uh, so, he was receptive to this idea right away. Did he? Did he see the? I'm sure he saw the value in highlighting the work he's been doing. But how did that sort of um, relationship uh, develop as you as you went through this process? Sure, Rick has said that 
people had wanted to make documentaries about him over the years, um, but he really saw something in, in this family and in Cartemquin films and our approach to um, subject matters where, you know, we make films and um, it's not a one-time uh, um, event. It really is about, you know, education and building community and all of the things that attracted me to want to be a filmmaker in the first place, you know, setting a movement, which is really what Rick had done. He had started a human rights movement. Mm -hmm. And so, Rick, I think we shared a similar passion, and I think that's why he trusted me in that world. And he knew that, you know, there's absolutely no way that there would be anything exploitative about the film, and Rick is unbelievably protective of, you know, photo subjects was the wrong world because of the word, because there's family to him. But of the people that, you know, in his photographs, he's very protective. And how things are photographed, how stories are told, um... And, you know, uh, I think that is where there's a lot of trust as well. Yeah. He knew that I shared a very similar passion um, in the underlying messages you had said at the beginning. We're speaking with Joanna Rudnick. She is the producer and director of a documentary called On Beauty, and it will be screening opening on the 24th here in the Los Angeles area. Uh, I would say for information specifically about that, go to... Uh, Cardam Q. I keep doing that. I'm so sorry. How say it? Card Cardaquim, right? <laughs> Is that right? Am I saying it? Yes, Cardamquim. Yeah, it's a really hard name. Cardamquim. Cardamquim. And I've, by the way, I've had Steve James. I've had a bunch of people on from the, you know, and I, I do that every time. I'm, I, I've, I have some sort of uh, dyslexia issue. I think I don't know what's going on. Anyway, so check that. Check the website for that, and you can also just Google On Beauty Film, and it'll take you to the the website. You can find out more about where it will be screening. Um, now, so let's get into the you know the meat of what the film is about here. That uh, it it is about Rick and his travels, and and you as you described, he he uh, he was at a convention that, where you saw his work, uh, but going to Africa. Uh, that was a particularly poignant part of the film uh, because oh, yeah. albinism, which we know as people who we see as albinos in, in Africa, it is considered uh, a very dangerous condition. In fact, it's a curse that could cost you a curse. It's a condition that could cost you your life. So talk about a little bit about that situation and Rick's sort of involvement in, 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 in that as well. Yeah. You know, Rick, once Rick took the first picture of a young woman with albinism, which really did change the entire course of his career from traditional fashion photography to photographing, to starting positive exposure and really being more than just photographing, but starting this movement, um, he became in passion with albinism. He wanted to know everything about it. He wanted to know everything about the um, albinism societies and albinism organizations. He started to understand that there was great prejudice around the world and even violence against people with albinism, especially in Africa, and um, it was a very scary situation there. And he started to start to actually help form albinism advocacy groups. So that was really, um, I'm so sorry. That was, that was, uh, excuse me one second, sorry. Sure, no, go ahead. That's <laughs> fine. Again, we're speaking with Joanna Rudnick. She is the producer and the director of the documentary called On Beauty. Uh, again, go to, um, you can either go to the Cartum Quinn website. I'm so sorry. I'm that's all right. That's all right. Do what you got to do. 
it's K A R T E M Q U I N dot com. That's how you. That's the, the sort of the homepage for a lot of the work of Steve James and others. Uh, you would know Steve James from Hoop Dreams and many other fantastic documentaries. Sort of the the catalyst that got that group together. And you could also also Google on beauty the film and find out, uh, and it'll take you right to where you need to go to find out more about it. Are we back? I thought it happened. Okay. Well, okay, Joanna, we're up next. So let's talk a little bit about, again, going uh, Rick's travels to Africa and, as you were describing, albinism and, and that the uh, social stigma that goes along with being an albino in parts of Africa. Yeah, Rick was really involved in the organization, help protect people and help educate. So, uh, you're, you're, you're breaking up. Having a little technical I issue. Just, yeah, Joanna, we're, we're having a little technical. I don't know if you walked away from an area, but you're. Is that, I'm so sorry. Is this better? Yeah, that's much better. Uh, you were sort okay. of. You know, couldn't, so, go ahead. Okay, sorry. So I was saying that Rick has, you know, started some of those early advocacy groups and uh, to really focus on reducing violence and stigma against people with albinism um, in Africa and around the world and started to use his photographs as a tool to educate the public. So he had these pop-up exhibitions and say, ask me any questions. Ask me any questions about albinism. I'll tell you. You don't have to be scared of people. You don't have to think that they have magical powers. They don't. Let me tell you all about them. Come look at my pictures. So the photographs themselves became an invitation to start to reduce the stigma. And actually, I feel like one of the big messages that I've learned from Rick and of the film is that it's okay to steady your gaze. When you steady your gaze and you have permission, you don't feel like you have to look away because there's a difference, or you don't stare, but you respectively look, that is when you can see the beauty and difference. And that's really what happened with him with the albinism um, advocacy, and then I, of course, went to Africa with him to Kenya, and we found Jane, who was terrific and had really become a spokesperson and wanted to start her own organization in Kenya for um, people with albinism and started to use Rick's photographs locally as a tool of education. It is so heartening to see young women um, finding their voice um, around the world. I mean, in the United States, we're not, we're certainly not. Um, Evolved in, in, in as we'd like to th- as as much as we'd like to think we are in terms of women, women's issues, women's dignity, all those things. And beauty is certainly very central to this sort of perception of empowering women, whether or not we choose a society to empower anyone. But 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 particularly with women, when it comes to an, a physical attractiveness, and and it's just. And it's just like I said, it's very heartening. It's 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 really great to see uh, this kind of work. And by the way, the the photographs and the subjects of the photographs are beautiful, and Rick's work is tremendous in 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 showcasing all of that. But again, I, I think it's just we really this is somewhere that we're at such a deficit as a society as a world for recognizing young women and the value and their worth and. Um, to see this happen in his photographs and in your film is wonderful. Now, now, Jane, you just talked about, let's talk a little bit about her particular journey and also an event that is coming up, it sounds like, in early August. Tell us a little bit about Jane and her particular circumstances. 
Sure. So Jane um, was born in Kenya uh, with the condition albinism. Her mother abandoned her at birth out of fear of people thinking that um, she had somehow um, caused her child's albinism. There's a, there's a, a, a belief in Kenya that a woman has cheated um, with a white man, and that is how albinism happens. They don't realize that both parents have to uh, carry the albinism uh, mutation, and that is how a child inherits albinism. And she was worried about being um, marked by having a child with albinism, so she just abandoned her child. And Jane's grandmother then stepped in to raise her um, and gave her quite a bit of love. Jane struggled a little bit in school. She, um, When you have albinism, not only do you stand out extremely, of course, in Africa because of the color of your skin, but you also have um, so many challenges, um, ocular challenges. It affects your eyes, so Jane could never see the blackboard, and that was quite difficult in school. She had to sit very close to the board and try really hard to see and, and to get the right glasses to even function in society. And then, of course, there's um, the sensitivity to the sun, and sunscreen is something that people just don't have. So there's terrible skin cancers that happen with people with albinism just because of lack of education and lack of resources. So Jane had quite a few challenges growing up and, and always wondered why there wasn't more protections for people with albinism, why the government didn't step in, why we weren't thought of as a disability group. Uh, and had a passion inside of her, started to become really a natural advocate, and that's when she found Rick. She said she went to the Internet and literally typed in mm-hmm. albinism in Africa, and positive exposure popped up. And so she said, this is someone I need to meet, and reached out to Rick, and then through that collaboration, uh, she started positive exposure in Kenya. She's gone around, and a lot of her focus really is on mothers, and of course, you know, that speaks so organically to her story of being abandoned by her own mother. And she'll pull mothers aside. She does uh, talks for mothers to educate them about um, how to take care of their children, how to use sunscreen, how to help get them to the right eye doctor and, and right eye exam, um, how to protect their children from stigma, how to love their children, how to understand that it's not their fault their child has albinism. And she has gone all the way from there to she is now currently a young African leader through a State Department program that Obama set up, or a White House program, I believe. And um, she is here in the United States. She's studying at Berkeley. She's studying public policy. And then she will be transitioning and going on to the White House to meet the president in August. Uh, We will have a screening there with the president's um, special advisor on disability, Judith Heumann, and Jane and a panel in Washington. So um, she's really had quite the, the growth. She's also been at the UN for a special African women's um, training and, and uh, a conference a year ago. So she's now become a global advocate from when we first filmed her, and, and uh, it's been stunning to watch. Yeah, that's amazing, and I... Uh, that must feel great. It must. Rick must just be, you know, beside himself with, uh, with what has happened with Jane. Um, and it's a terrific story. So she'll literally be at the White House for to receive the Nelson Mandela Washington Fellowship <laughs> for Young African Leaders. That's just amazing. Well, she's, yeah, and she said, you know, I said, what are you going to ask the president when you're there? And she said, well, I'm going to ask him what he would do about the condition because, of course, he's from Kenya of people with albinism in Kenya. So I love the idea this August of Jane shaking the president's hand and and asking him a question. Amazing. And there's another young woman who we would be uh, remiss if we didn't uh, talk a little bit about it, an an American uh, woman named Sarah Kenny. And she's remarkable as well. And she, you you can see 
in the course of just the film that you um the time you were with her you see a remarkable transformation in her perception of herself which is the most important part uh she has a birth yeah. a birthmark that essentially is debilitating or can be on some i mean it's i wasn't quite i mean i'm not a i'm not a doctor but uh what her condition is is something that actually would impact her brain if they were to try and do anything with what it's it's on her face it's a is it fair to call it a birthmark i'm help me out here I don't, yeah, sarah, yeah. Has, <laughs> sarah has a syndrome called serge weber's syndrome and it is um a condition where a, you have a birthmark not only on your face, a port wine stain birthmark that we've probably seen before, but it is also on your brain. And it can cause seizures and other cognitive um, complications and delays and, and can be quite dangerous. And then she, of course, has it on her face as well, and that's um, really what you would notice if you had, had seen Sarah, um, when you see Sarah in the film. And uh, again, do you want me to take the question? Because she is a remarkable a remarkable woman. Yes. No, please. And I can, yeah. I can tell you about her. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Sarah, um, you know, when we met her, she had been homeschooled. She was bullied mercilessly and couldn't handle regular school because of her birthmark and no one allowed her in. And because of the fact that people just stared at her entire life, she had developed this way of sort of just looking down instead of looking at you. And that part really hits me and it hits you in the film because it had she had sort of dropped herself out of society i can't even look at you because it's so painful and sarah met rick and got beyond beauty uh positive exposure i say treatment with the fans and the real beauty photo shoot and during that time she was also really coming in her own she got her first job she moved out of her house she started to look up and look out at people um, and really invest in herself. Uh, she wants to go back and get her GED, um, maybe even in a classroom, she says. She feels really ready for that. And at the end of the film, you see her in a high school, which is, of course, yeah. the place where all of the... She could never step foot in because of the trauma. And she is talking to other high school students. And what really resonates there is that Sarah, you look at her with her birthmark and you think that, you know, this is an isolated experience to her, but it's not. All the people sitting there, many of them, in that high school room, and you get it, have also felt stigma, have right. felt unhappy with themselves. As you said about women, and shame, and shame of your body, yeah. and shame of the way you look, and self-hatred for those things, and kind of where we're going as a culture, and why there is so much backlash against that. Um, Sarah pulled that out of them that day, and she allowed them to acknowledge it, and mm-hmm. to love themselves, and say, I am beautiful. And there's a, a young woman in, that I just, love for this moment in that high school class that says, when did you think you were beautiful? And you could see that they are peers in that conversation. Yes. And um, I love that moment. I Mm -hmm. love that moment. Mm -hmm. And it shows me that this film and why I'm so passionate about getting it into every middle school or high school in the country globally would be great is because this is not unique only to the people in the film. These are things that we're all feeling right now, especially at that age when you're so vulnerable. And this message of self-love and self-acceptance is so important because there's so much pain and suffering. Right. And that scares me. It scares me as a mother of two kids. Yeah. Two girls. It is so true. That point in your life, you are you are putting yourself out there for the really for the first time. You're in you're eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen years old. This is the point in your life where you start socializing, and you start looking at yourself 
in the reflection of the people that you are around, the peer, your peers. And when that when that reflection comes back uh, in such a negative way, it's just devastating. It's so devastating, and particularly for women, and particularly for women around the world, where a sense of empowerment is such a fleeting thing. It can often be never. And um, so it's it's so important, and I hope you I hope you fulfill your wish, get this in middle schools, high schools in the United States, but around the world. This is I, to me the most. I, if there was one thing I, issue, one thing we could do to dramatically and positively impact the world in a very very short period of time is to allow women ask access to schooling, education, and 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 employment opportunities, and this world would transform. I b- truly believe in a matter of a few years, it would be such an amazing and remarkable, I mean, real real job opportunities. I mean, real employment, real educational opportunities, and the world would be vastly different in a very, very, very quickly. Thank you. I agree with you. Yeah. That part of that is it has to start with believing in yourself exactly. and believing you're worth it. Yeah. And loving yourself. That self-doubt will never get get us there. Absolutely. So thank you. Um, yeah. And for your audience, the film will be showing in Los Angeles okay. starting on uh, the 24th of July for a week run. Mm-hmm. And um, you can go to imbeauty.me to find out about tickets. Okay. Um, or follow us on Twitter or Facebook, I Am Beauty Film. Um, we will be uh, announcing all of the screenings and would love to have everyone come there. It coincides with the Special Olympics yeah. um, in Los Angeles, yeah. and we hope to have a lot of the athletes there screening. Oh, well. fantastic. Oh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Well, uh, the film is on beauty, and yes, you just said, go to check it out. Google on beauty film as you were, and or cartemquinn. Dot com. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'll eventually Kartem get Quinn. it right. Everybody, anyone who's listening to film school should follow Cartem Quinn on both Twitter and Facebook. Cartem Quinn is really a special place. It is a great place. Well, thank you again, Joanna Rudnick, for uh, as producer and director of this wonderful documentary, and all the best to you and and its run and thank and, you. and all the adventures that Rick has launched for these people. <laughs> I I just uh, it's so wonderful to see. So, thank you. Thanks so much. I appreciate the opportunity. All right, Joanna. Take care. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.